0: Alright, good afternoon church, good afternoon, you know it's hard to believe that just last night this place was cleared out, you had so much energy, you were on the dance floor giving a hug, saying hellos, and uh, thank you to all who set this place back up, thank you for coming here today to worship an awesome God, right, and so I hope you're prepared uh, to hear God's Word. I'm thankful to, uh, for every opportunity I get to preach God's Word, to get back to preaching it and not just uh, uh, DJing. In case you were wondering, there's some vicious rumors going out there. Uh, one, uh, yes, I had the courage enough to DJ last night's party. And, uh, and no, Derek did not take a break at all last night while he was dancing on the dance floor. Okay, so I just want to make sure there's a video out, as Ed referred to, it's trending right now, many shares and views, uh, check it out. But uh, I did learn a lot, you know, about being a DJ, the ups and downs, I mean you play one song and, and all these people are dancing, getting excited, you play another song and everyone just looks at you, turns around going like, what did you just do? <laughs> You play one song for this crowd and they're not dancing. You're like, why not? You play one song for this crowd and they're not dancing. You're like, what? And it was just tough. You know, the sound went out for two minutes, but those two minutes went for an eternity. I couldn't figure out what just happened here. I think one of the cables came on loose and stuff. I was like, I'll put it right back. Uh, I put a little note in front of my table to kind of prepare people asking, you know, I try to keep it in a fun, light way, hey, you want to request, $100, you want your your song to be played next, that's $200, new Taylor Swift, that's $500, and and if you, you know, if if you can read this sign, then please make your way back to the table, but people still came up and said, hey, you know, can you please play this song? I was like, oh, well, we already played it, like, oh, I didn't hear it. Like what? like what? But we all had fun, right? Man, that's a tough gig. So uh, I want to get back to preaching here. Not that this is not tough, <laughs> but boy, being a DJ, man, respect there. Uh, you know, it's starting to feel like Christmas, right? Starting to look like Christmas around here. Definitely in some parts of Texas that have received snow. Uh, So we're going to be talking about a few things that Christmas is all about. So let's look at Luke chapter 2, and we'll begin reading verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Carinus was governor of Syria. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. You know, we've probably read this, acted this out, seen others act this out, and yet we cannot get enough of the nativity scene. It's still mind-blowing, the birth of Christ. And you know, this time of year we communicate it. And yet for some, you know, we may be feeling during this time of year, wow, there's a lot going on in my life right now, in my family, in my own personal walk. So many different things going on right now. The chaos, if you only knew what that chaos was like in my life, then you would know that I don't have room for Jesus. You know, God would want us to know that there's room. That here is room for him during this time. Because the reality is, during these times is when he loves to work. You know, as we just read this, you know, there's many things that stand out to me, but one of the things that stand out to me here is that he came in the midst of the chaos. He came. You think it was Mary's plan? He was about to give birth. A virgin, teenage, pregnant person here, entrusted with the baby child riding on the back of a donkey. That's chaos. Talk about chaos. But you know, Christ came in the middle of all that. And God is saying to each one of us here, I've come to be with you in your chaos as well. You're in the right place, if that's how you feel here this afternoon. You're in the right place for God to land with you. We'll keep reading verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, uh, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That shouldn't be hard to find. It's not too many of those. Verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with an angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. You know, here we read a couple of things that the angel proclaimed as he first came down, the heavenly host joined them there at the end. the first thing, that Christmas is... A time for celebration. You think about Christmas time is, and you fill in the blank. I'm sure there's many, as many as the number of people in this room, of words, phrases, things that come to mind when you think of Christmas time is. But I want the Bible to help us, to inform us, to help us with what our thoughts should be like when it comes to this time of Christmas. It's a time for celebration. He says it's a time for a party why should we celebrate well because when god sent jesus on earth it declares that god loves you Amen. you know the most famous verse in the bible that many of us know john 3:16 maybe you've seen a friend shirtless at a football game with this passage But it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The Bible says that God is love. Not that he has love, not that he doesn't have love, but that God is love. That's who he is. And God created you so that he could love you, it's the reason you're alive. It's the reason your heart beats. It's the reason why you take the breaths you take. It's the reason you woke up today. It's the reason you're here. Because God loves you. And He wants a relationship with you. But do you own that? Do you own that? Or do we just kind of get caught up in like, For God so loved the world. Yeah, the world. He loves the world. No, no. He loves you. Do we own that? He came for you to love you, to be in a relationship with you. He loves you on your good days. He loves you in your bad days. He loves you when you feel it. He loves you when you don't feel it. He loves you when you think you don't deserve it. He loves you when you know you don't deserve it. Because his love is not based on our kind of love. You know, we kind of size it up. You know, Are you worthy of my love? Should I love you in return? No, He doesn't do that. It's based on solely Himself. Because He is love. Right. It's based on Him. It's based on His character. Not on your performance. You can't stop God from loving you. You can't make God stop loving you. And God sent Jesus... Because He loves you. And I don't know about you, but that's an incredible reason to celebrate. Yeah. To celebrate during this time of year. You know, the next thing, God is for you. Another thing to celebrate is not only that God loves you, but that He is for you. You continue reading in verse 17. You know, it says that God does not, You know, He didn't just come into the world to condemn it, but rather to save it. Thus showing us He's for us. And somehow, some way, we forget that. We forget He's on our side. He wants to help you succeed. But many people, many times, are so afraid of God. We're afraid. When anyone starts to talk to us about God, we're afraid. Because we're afraid that He's not going to accept us. He's going to look at us and somehow it will determine the love that He gives to us or not, we're afraid that we're going to be a disappointment to Him. But He didn't come to condemn. He came to save. He didn't come to scold us. He came to save us. He came because He believes in you. He believes in you and you are worth it. But do you recognize that? Do you understand how much God really Loves you. Jesus came to save us, not to scare us. You know, what's the first word said by the angel? It says, Do not be afraid. Why? Because it's an angel talking to him. And it's our natural thing, it's a natural human thing to be afraid. Again, when we look around Jesus, though, when we get around to looking at Jesus and and being, uh, you know, things are revealed to us. That this is Jesus, He's working, He's he's here, He's present. We start getting a little afraid. We come around to making spiritual decisions, and we just can't, we just can't seem to just go all in for God because we're afraid. You know, it's incredible that throughout the Bible, when God introduces Himself and and Himself and, and, and angels, you know, oftentimes it's accompanied with, Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. So, if you are, you're not a bad company. In fact, over and over again, we do find these words. But we need to know that He's a loving Father, that He loves us, and that He's for us. For some of us, you know, we haven't experienced that ever before. It's so foreign to us. You might be thinking about your upbringing, you might be thinking about the examples you've had around you. And you go, man, this right here is so foreign. But let God be who He is. And not who you think He is. Not who others have represented Him to be to you. But who He really is. No one wants more for your life and your future than God. And He wants what's best for you. You know, He loves you. He's for you. And something else to celebrate is that God is with you. God is with you. Matthew 1.23, the angel of the Lord calls and tells Joseph about a prophecy that you can read about in Isaiah, but here in, in verse 23 of Matthew 1, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, God loves us, and He's for us way too much to stay away from us. He says, I'm coming. I'm coming to be with you. You know, the creator of the world, just get that for a second, wants, to, wants us to know. He's trying to communicate to us. The one who's been here forever wants to have a moment-by-moment Relationship with each one of us. Name somebody else who's willing to be with you, moment by moment by moment. So willing. You know he wants to be your your Emmanuel. You know my son's name Emmanuel, Emmanuel, and uh, yeah, little toddlers will let you know they want to be with you all the time. <laughs> Uh, our little infant right now, Daniel, he lets us know, I want to be with you all the time. And sometimes we're like, ah, I'm kind of swamped by that. We're kind of like choked out, suffocating by that. But we understand that, hey, enjoy it. Enjoy it. They grow up too fast. They'll, they'll, they'll Next thing you notice, they're out of your home. And you're like, "Why?" Can I just hold you one more time? But, <laughs> but, you know, God, God in the same way, I mean, He just wants to be with us. Yeah. He wants to be with you. He wants to get that across to so many of us, because this can be a difficult time of year. It can often be happy times as we recognize those who are with us, and, you know, we celebrate that. But it could also be difficult, because of those who are not with us, maybe they have passed. Maybe our relationships have parted ways. They're just different. But Here's the amazing thing. No matter who or where people go, God is with you. He made that sacrifice to come down because He loves you and He's for you and always with you. And that's good news. And we just celebrate that. And that's the only little piece of, of things to celebrate. It's only three little things to celebrate. But I want to encourage you to think about what do I have in Christ to celebrate? What do I have? Am I acknowledging it? Do I really know what I have? Not just what do I have to do to, about Christmas or for Christmas or what the next thing is, but why should I really celebrate Jesus? And if you don't know that, then make a decision to know. Amen. You know, why not before Christmas? Why not? So that Christmas is just not another day on the calendar. It's not just another day that passes on. That we're just like hanging around, we're with each other, party after party. You're with your family, you're opening gifts, and then it just flies on by, and that's cool. But rather, it's to really celebrate it. And that the goal with it is not just to celebrate during Christmas, on Christmas, but to celebrate Jesus every day. Because that, because this is the love of God that extends to each one of us. So consider, consider how you uh, will celebrate and what you can celebrate this Christmas. Because Christmas is a time of celebration. You know, second thing, the angel mentions... When he announces the birth of Jesus in verse 11, he says, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. A Savior. A Savior rescues, delivers, and saves. A Savior brings salvation. You know, there's a video... Uh, that, that was trending. It's got a lot of views. And, uh, you know, a lot, you know, from time to time, you know, I, uh, I get distracted. I go on YouTube. No, i just kidding. I, I go on YouTube to find some inspiration. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I found this video here that you're about to watch. And this video is about a group of hunters. And these hunters are from Australia. And uh, they're spending time with a young man who is terminally ill with cancer. And one of his last wishes is that they would go boar hunting. And so they're going out boar hunting. And they take their dog with them who comes across a big buck kangaroo. And it's in need of help. It's in need of a savior. Let's watch this clip.
1: We're all looking forward to seeing Max on the ball. Wait, do we have heart? It turns out to be something else altogether. No! Oh, oh. Yeah! Ooh. Nice. 15. Yeah, well done. Nice. Right? But oh, it's not a swing. The big buck. But the Root has the dog, not the other way around. Max calmly waits for his owner to come and help. The buck root sees the old stacking against him and tries to cut the dog with his claws one last time. His powerful arms enter the dog by the breastplate as Max doubles his efforts to escape. Finally, the Root switches his attention to Tox and sizes up the human to be his next victim. Tox gives the kangaroo his space but the cranky butt comes forward, ready to attack. To save himself, he launches the right hand to the camera. stand. The punch swivels the roots head as he throws his claws out to grapple and go. Then they eye each other off. Tox makes the right decision again and backs off, leaving the buck stunned as the what has just taken place. The
0: what has just taken place? It's so bizarre. You know, and in case you're wondering, you know, no animals were hurt in the making of this video, okay? Just in case you were concerned about that. But this dog was in need of a savior. And his owner came out to him and just sized up the kangaroo and just gave him one right on the nose. And you see the kangaroo, he just steps back and that punch literally just left him shook. I mean, that kangaroo was just stuck, just wondering like, what just happened? <laughs> I mean, have you ever been there before? A time where you were in need of a Savior. You know, it could be something as simple as maybe uh, being defended by a a bully, you know, from a bully. You know, you had someone come in just in the nick of time just to rescue you. And that bully just like walked out because someone else stepped in for you. Maybe sometimes it's even more serious. Sometimes it's a little bit more life-threatening. You know, there was a time uh, when I was, uh, I, was very, I was very sick and my nose was clogged. I just had some respiratory issues and uh, I couldn't sleep really well. And one night in particular, uh, I was gasping for air. I had woke up in the middle of the night gasping for air and I couldn't breathe. It literally felt like I was sucking through a straw and I was just like, <clears throat> and I just got up. And I remember going through the hallway, and I was just hitting and banging on the walls, and I banged on my mom's door, and I was like, "Bang, bang!" Just going. <gasps> and my mom came, and she opened the door, and all of a sudden, like I don't know how it happened, she just like yelled, you know, she was like, "Help!" And somehow, like it just, I, I got, I was able to breathe for a second. And then a couple minutes went by, and the same thing happened again, and she just took me straight to the emergency room. That was a scary moment. You know, we've had moments where people have come in to help us and rescue us. We were, we were hopeless. We were helpless. And no matter how hard I tried, you know, I couldn't save myself. And yet we try so often, right? We think, you know, man, I'll just, I'll, I'll save myself. I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to fix this and work this out and be able to become someone different on my own. But Jesus came because we can't do it on our own. Because we need a Savior. Each one of us needs a Savior. So Jesus came to save us. You know, if we needed an educator, right? If we needed more information, then wouldn't He have sent an educator? You know, if we needed more government, wouldn't He have sent us a politician? But what we need most is salvation. And so He sent us a Savior. And why do we need a Savior? Because of our sins. Because when we sin, we miss the mark. We fall short in our relationship with God that we were created to be in. We fall short. And when we sin, it separates us from Him. Isaiah 59 verse 1 Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor His ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities, your sins, they've separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear you. You know, God desperately wants to be in this relationship with us, but because He is light in Him, there is no darkness. And when we sin, we are in darkness. He can't. can't God loves us He's for us but when we sin and we've not been saved the Bible often refers to us as lost in darkness enemies of God dead in our sins and on our own Man, we have no hope of salvation what can a dead man do for himself nothing. And each one of us needs a Savior in order to overcome. We can't save ourselves, but praise God that He didn't just sit there and say, hey, you know what? You've made your decisions. You should have figured this out on your own. You should have known better. It's done. We're separated. Not just for this life, but for eternity. Praise God it's not that way. But instead, the birth of Jesus brings the hope of salvation. When that baby grew up to be a man, and when he was persecuted and beaten because of the love he has for you and I, that man came to love. Us, to save us, was crucified. That's the story. But it doesn't end there. Because salvation came as he rose from the dead. And through him raising from that dead... You know, it also gives us the power to raise from the dead, from our own dead of sin and our transgressions. That's the story. Amen. To be able to say goodbye to the old things of our lives, our former ways of life. To not sing the songs that we used to, you know, as DJ, you know, I had to look through those songs. And I wanted to bring back some songs from the nineties, and I was like, no, those need to stay in the nineties because yeah. I started reading what they talk about, and I was like, these are not good songs. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. We don't sing the songs, we don't walk the t- you know walk the ways we used to think yeah. the things, you know, think of the things that we hold on to that we just go, man, you know, we just we just got to accept, that we, we just can never change. No, you don't. There can be resurrection there because of the birth of Jesus. Romans 5. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You know, when we recognize our sinful condition, and we decide to repent, and we put our faith in Jesus, and make Him Lord of our lives, and are baptized for the forgiveness of our sins, everything changes. And if this is new to you, and this is not the way you became a Christian, that something's got to change. Your, your paradigm of Christianity must change. Free. That death comes to life. A new creation because of God's grace. We are justified and made free of guilt and sin. Is that not something to celebrate?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, we are reconciled to Him and our relationship with Him is restored again. We go from an enemy to ally. Rather than being dead in our sin, we're made alive in Christ. Rather than being condemned in hell, we get confirmation of a great home in heaven with Him. Jesus gives us the power to transform. Transform our bitterness into forgiveness, our cowardice into confidence, our frustration into patience, our fear into faith, and our guilt into innocence. Brothers and sisters, we can't do that on our own. Right. We, we, all these things, we, we can't just change these things right. on our own. No matter how hard you try. But God loves us so much He came down to bring salvation.
1: That's right.
0: Romans 6 verse 23, wages of sin. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, through Jesus, we're offered the greatest gift ever. By the greatest gift giver. Salvation, eternal life. You know, but like any gift, you got to accept it. In order to benefit from it. You know, a little crowd participation here. Who here, right now, in this moment... How many of you currently, in your purse, in your wallet, your back pocket, have a gift card? You have a gift card, okay, alright. Keep your hands up here if you have more than one gift card, okay, alright, so plenty of you, now you're kind of looking at your gift cards wondering, like, hey, we should go to dinner at this place now, okay. I mean, I did the same thing, you know, I looked at my desk and I looked at my wallet And I was like, wow, I got gift cards, you know? Uh, One of them I was really fired up about. You know, I was like, $5 to In-N-Out. I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And then another one, $10 to Starbucks. I was like, "Ah man, someone must not like me. I mean, don't they know? I don't drink coffee. I don't like, you know, Starbucks. Why can't the $10 be to In-N-Out and the $5 be to Starbucks? Anyway, I'm just totally confessing right here. (laughs) But gift cards, right, you know? Gift cards. We have them. So you have something so valuable at the tip of your fingers. Something valuable in your pocket that's right there. Uh, And yet, you know, I want us to think about this. It's so valuable, it's been paid for, but you don't benefit until you cash it in. I mean, it's got so much power, so much strength, Well, at least if it has more than like, you know, 75 cents on it or something, right? So you can actually do something with it, right? You know, I researched the number of gift cards that don't go redeemed each year, and it's staggering. You know, a typical American home has about $300 worth of unused or unredeemed gift cards. you're probably saying, not my home, right? You're probably going to check the couches after this, right? You're like, let's go, Let's, let's break down the house. You know, these cards often go misplaced, they're actually thrown away, they're partially redeemed. Between 2008-2014, $44 billion in gift cards had gone unredeemed. Now they changed the expiration dates, right? You remember that time where there was expiration dates? And now, not so much, but yet it's staggering Because the latest one here, it's it's sure enough to be like it was last year, this year anyway. Um, It's still in the $1 billion of gift cards that go unredeemed, that go unused. You know, we take it for granted. We take for granted what's at the front of, of our fingertips. It's right in front of us. You know, why do we allow something so valuable to just sit in our pockets? Our purses, our desks. You know, so many times we think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get to it someday. I'll eventually use it. And then we just forget about it. Or maybe it's just not that important to you. You know, you're like, oh, it's not that important. You know, I didn't pay for it. So if I don't use it, it's not my money. But, you know, even more staggering than the amount of gift cards that go unused, go unredeemed, if you think about it, It's this idea that God has given us the gift of salvation. The gift of eternal life. And how many people have not accepted that gift? That gift that has been paid in full. The gift that has your name on it. The gift that's ready to give you life. More than just filling your stomach up or putting clothes on your back. Ready to make you a new creation ready to to break this functional cycles the gift those gifts that keep on giving no more we don't want those gifts anymore we want the gift of salvation here yep. but you got to redeem it and then live for me you know during this season let's make sure we don't take God for granted yeah, you know for some of us we've redeemed it you know we've been maybe thinking and contemplating. You know, there's a newer model out there. There's something a little bit shinier and prettier out there. You know, I'm bored with this old model. You know, know, let me go try something else out on my own. See how it works out. It may not last. It may give you just a little bit of pleasure. But you know what? It's the pleasure I'm looking for. And we take it for granted. This gift, guys. You've made Jesus Lord of your life. Remember this gift that God has given us. Amen. But you're here today. Let's celebrate that God has given us this gift. Yeah. Let's celebrate that we can you know, be redeemed Amen. because of what Christ did. That He gave His all for us. He died so we could live a new life. It means... You keep trying to live a new life over and over again. Fighting your sinful nature. But have you stopped fighting? Are there areas in your life that you've, just got it, you've gotten comfortable with? You've almost just accepted in your life. Let's remember, this gift came at a price. Our redemption, our salvation, it came at a price of Jesus giving His life for us. So let's give our life to Him. Amen? Amen. And if you've not received salvation, I want to encourage you to respond. I want to encourage you to decide that you will not deny this gift that God has for you. Get to know the Giver who is offering you this greatest gift that you could ever get. It's the greatest expression of love that you'll ever find. It's something that will pay off things that, boy, you and I could never pay off on our own. We just cannot. But do something. Do something. Don't just sit around, look at the card, and just go, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. Go for it. Know what that card is worth. Know your worth that God, how much He loves you. It's not about being perfect. It's not about, okay, let me fix some things first before I do that. No, He's like, Christ died so we could Being this relationship together. You're not perfect enough. You're not good enough. You can't do it on your own. So what do you need reconciliation in this moment of your life for? What area of your life? Who do you need reconciliation from? Or with? It's a time for salvation. It's a time for reconciliation. And God wants to reconcile with us. Young people, you have a decision to make. You know, am I gonna be a peacemaker or a troublemaker? You know, the break is coming, we're gonna be at home. And you know, at times when you know we could get into this mentality, when I'm at home, when I'm at break, it's time to just chill, put my feet up. Hey, serve me. I've been working so hard at school. You know how demanding school is? It is. But it doesn't give us that right. So I want us to think about. You're gonna be asked to do more things that you've been asked than usual to help around the house. Man, am I going to be a help or a hurt? Come on. Am I gonna be a peacemaker around this house? Or am I gonna be a troublemaker? And as a full grown man, I still battle with this. I'm about to go see my mama and I want nothing but her food and to hang out and put my feet up. But wait, 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 but you just said don't do that. Oh yeah, that's right. I can't do that. The Son of Man did not come to you know be served but to serve. And I want to go home, I want to visit my family, my sisters, my mom, and serve. Guys, let's serve during this break. Let's make the most of it. Christmas time. A time to celebrate that God loves us. That God is for us. And that He's with us. It's also a time of salvation. Let this season, let this next few weeks, propel you into a time where you can celebrate and celebrate in such a meaningful way who God is in your life and to share that with others who have yet to receive this gift or not even know this gift is offered to them. Let's pray as we close out our time. I Father in Heaven, thank You so much for giving us a place to come and meet. At this time to hear your words and to think about Christmas to think about Christ in that word that we have so much to celebrate that you love us you're with us and you're for us maybe we just need to figure out which one of those right now means so much to us we resonate maybe one more than others but let's really take the time to do that this week thank you Father for salvation thank you for your Son Thank You for all the prophecies that, are, that have come true, that Your will was done through Jesus. And that through Him we have hope. We have salvation. We have redemption. Not through our works, not through our own good deeds, but simply through Him. And if we're grateful and we appreciate it, we will respond accordingly to Your Word. Father, bless this upcoming week. Bless us As we attempt to bless others. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.